Welcome to our 17th episode of From the Horse Box, and we have something to celebrate. It's our first anniversary. So, Claire? 12 months. I think it's quite a milestone. And it's time for a little bit of an MOT on the horse box, don't you think? We've got a um, a, a friend, Kieran, who's helped us through um, a sticky patch, who's going to give us a bit of an MOT. We just thought it'd be interesting to tell the listeners what we've been through. And if it's really boring, we won't publish this anyway. <laughs> well, it hasn't been boring from where we're sitting. I've really enjoyed interviewing people. So in the beginning... We had this, well, I think it was my idea, but you made me do it, basically. You were injured. Yes, I wasn't very well. And um, Kate came around with um, some hot, wonderful hot pot and we were talking about creative ideas. And um, Kate mentioned the word podcast and we just thought, yes. So we decided to give it a go. And we really didn't know much about it at all. No, I mean, I had to look up what it is. A podcast is an audio file that which you can download and listen to in your own time. So you can, you, it's usable while you're doing other jobs, which at the time, and um, I think we were fortunate that in some ways with the lockdown for it to launch it because people had the time to learn something new. Yes. Including us. Yeah, so we thought we'd give it a go and... The only thing we'd, I had some friends who were with Buzzsprout, so we got in touch with them and they sort of held our hands in the beginning. They've been excellent, I think, Buzzsprout. Um, do you think it gives you a buzz, Kate, to do these uh, episodes? <laughs> what, a high it does buzz, me. Or, it does high buzz me. or a low buzz? When I, think we, when I think we've done a good job and we've done the best that we can on an interview and we've published it, I think you do get a buzz from that. Well, I get a buzz from achieving the deadlines, I think, because the first of the month seems to come around very quickly. So Buzzsprout held our hands and we had to tick the boxes with them. And obviously the first thing was coming up with a name. That's very important because the the name is the, um, the pinpoint for everybody finding us on these directories. And I'm rather pleased with the name because I like horse boxes and I like lorries. Um, the idea of them is exciting. Every time I go off on a journey, um, part of my enjoyment taking a horse anywhere is driving the lorry. So it fits The in. least horsiest of our family, dear Toby, came up with the name. Well, we've got a big thank you for Toby. Then we progressed to the artwork, right? This was a bit of a... Slight drama at the time, I seem to remember. But I think your um, depiction of the horse box um, hits the spot. We didn't want to have that sort of corporate look. And I think we've been very distinctive in our design. Yeah, it's more of a um, a logo, really. I think you've got... I seem to remember you getting very carried away with the artwork. You wanted a Canaletto or sort of Munnings at one stage. So, so we did... Endless drawings of horse boxes, and then you whacked in the green. That was I a think great the green. Success. The green came up was the first button to press, and I liked it. So, so between us all, we got there, yeah. and yes, it is obviously very simple and instantly recognisable. 
Next, we had to choose the music, and this was a copyright minefield. We did spend hours listening to ghastly jingles, I seem to remember. Well, some good friends gave me feedback on this, and they say they really like the music. It's jaunty, and it captures the journey of the horse box and the flavour of our podcast. So I think we've been very lucky with it. I'm very pleased with it. As far as equipment goes, we haven't really bought anything at all. We just used um, my laptop and Kate's iPad. And the, the technology of those has been good enough to produce our sound quality, which we're perfectly happy with. And the Magic Mastering, which is offered by Buzzsprout for a couple of pounds extra, evens out the sound quality. And um, we haven't had any problems, have we, Kate? No, they do a good job. In the beginning, um, we had some technical issues. But luckily, with COVID, the girls were at home. Um, Eliza was very busy with her university work. And I think it was Heathy who normally got roped in. Yeah, to help us um, manoeuvre the saving it as an MP3 and, and all this sort of thing, which was completely alien to me when we started off. Um, which I now seem to be able to do most of the time, and lo- as long as we haven't had too many cocktails with father-in-law. I think the main thing was at one stage we were terrified of losing our recordings. Yes, we were. And that's where we had Kieran, who is a podcasting expert and acquaintance of ours, not too far away, came to help us out, didn't he? He was brilliant. He was brilliant. We should hear more from him soon. So once the podcast's made, you have to get it on a podcast directory. Um, That sounds very grand. Obviously very crucial getting it out there. Um, Back in sort of in the stats, obviously Apple and Spotify are our best ones, but you're head of marketing. Well, um, we have had a few magazine spots, which definitely helped. Um, and I have studied our Buzzsprout statistics quite a lot. Um, an average podcast gets just over a hundred downloads over a thirty-day period. We are if you above are general, average. Well, we are above average with if we have two hundred to four hundred, which is our, you know, our episodes at two hundred to four hundred downloads per thirty-day. The 30-day period. I mean, Joe Rogan, if just to give you an insight into the top people, he gets 190 million downloads in that same period. But but I think we're doing pretty well with ours. Oh, dear. We're a bit off there. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, I find quite it quite with ours. difficult on the marketing side um, because I always feel we're creating the podcast and then... Literally, it's finished and it's on to the next. But some of our guests provide their own motivation, don't they? Yeah, I think if they put it through social media. Social media is something we're grappling with. We've got an Instagram account going, but um, we've got plans for further social media outlets. Um, some of the guests, obviously, if they have a business to promote, it's it's in their interest to publish it as much as that's made they a can. Dif- that's made a difference. The magazine articles did help. As in the name from the horse box, our recording studio is the lorry. Um, but obviously during COVID, we had to um, do a little bit remotely. Um, but the whole idea is that it's it's the lorry recording studio and the travelling round to meet our guests. 
Yes, I mean, obviously, as Claire said, in COVID, we moved into the chilly, sorry, Timothy, <laughs> the chilly dining room um, with all, as there were too many clocks ticking loudly in the kitchen and the dogs were locked away. As some of our astute listeners know, the dogs are now not locked away and we have graduated to the warmth it of the bother kitchen. It doesn't so, bother quite so much anymore. No, we'd rather be warm and happy um but yes the lorry is back on the road and the engine's revving and off to go brilliant we never know who we're going to meet do we kate so we were ticking the boxes as we sort of started and there was no going back getting our target audience was is more tricky to define so it was sort of our ethos was to feel passionate about people living in the countryside and but most of us for all to enjoy it. Yeah, I think we made a lot of connections between people um, in all those various countryside uh, pursuits, um, particularly with our fishing one lately. I mean, it's all under the same umbrella. I was delighted to connect up, um, you know, a lot of our food industries, um, the racing world, the field sports and everything having a connection. We've had... A great variety of different people talking about a great variety of different things. And that's half the fun, really. I think we did the right thing, starting off with um, an email to a core circle of people. I remember we started with Jay, our young Irish bachelor, and we were extremely lucky with him because he was just so natural and and had no nerves at all. Uh, It was a Valentine's night recording. And... um, Luckily, it was the right length that we could manage to edit. Yes, as podcast virgins, I think some of our guests ended up interviewing us, like (laughs) the wonderful Charlie Barnett. Well, he was a true professional, wasn't he? And yes, our first four episodes weren't really a podcast at all. They were recordings by email, which meant that we had some in the bag for when we went down the official route. Yes, it worked well, didn't it, really, that we could upload them then. Slightly different order, but uh, we kept an even distribution coming through. And Shirley was a star with the email, but I think by that stage we felt it was time to fly solo. We recorded four in the first six weeks, um, by which time the editor was on her knees. And I think my recommendation to anyone starting a podcast would be to have a realistic schedule. And I think one a month works really well for us. Yes, it does. I do remember enjoying doing the bonus episode, The Hunt Race, and interviewing on the phone on my feet. And then you collated it all with the music. And that, that was a very exciting one to do, I felt. Really enjoyed that. We included so many people in that one, didn't we? Well, they're fun too, just detailing an event because it's actually what happened. So, in a way, I remember it's that simpler, being a highlight. Perhaps not from the editing, but yes, it's fun putting them all together. Well. You did very well with the editing on that one. So, on April Fool's Day, we actually launched Charlie on the official podcast site, and he's right up there. And top of the charts of ours today still it was absolutely fascinating what he had to say yes 
brought back a lot of memories for a lot of people who might have already known most of what he said, but you, you soon forget. And it was really interesting to hear it all. Very nostalgic. I mean, most of our episodes are pretty similar in their numbers downloaded, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. Two to four hundred. Which implies that we've got a pretty loyal following. While Claire is doing all this marketing, I'm struggling sometimes with the editing. I do try and do as little as possible. It's mainly ums, and they most probably mainly come from me. (laughs) Um, It's all done on my iPad on iMovie, which needs regular rebooting and doesn't like lengthy recordings. So that's a natural stop for us sort of thing. Claire is very good on anything sensitive, and obviously... Buzzsprout to have the last word at the end of the day. You have to sort of declare on Buzzsprout whether it's explicit or not. We're most certainly not explicit. I think that just means there's no swearing in it, really. Oh, no, we certainly we wouldn't want do that. Any of that. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. But the thing we are often asked is how we choose our guests. Well, we've been very lucky in our choice of guests. Each one has to be a joint decision. We, we both have to have a keen interest in choosing um, the projects. We put a lot of um, research into the questions and interviewing and everything. Um, we've been very lucky and we've got, had such interesting people in our sites to ask. And almost everybody has said yes to us. Um, so we've been very grateful um, to want some wonderful guests. Yes, we can't give away all our secrets, I think. We've got to keep a few. Um, But we have had old, young men, women, just they've got to have good chat and enjoy it, basically. Yeah, which we've always thoroughly enjoyed them as well. A senior guest, alias our relation, said his episode was like an early eulogy. (laughs) And those who listened to it needn't come to his funeral. So, you see, we can come at all angles. We never know what's happening next. I remember that um, interview. We enjoyed those Picante's cocktails. And I remember getting very muddled up with my technical skills after it. But uh, it was a really fun podcast to do. Was that the time Timothy drove me home? I think it was. Was <laughs> it? <laughs> So all we tell our guests is, obviously, yes, have a strong drink. Um, Try not to sort of kick the table or make too many weird noises. And if you get into a muddle like we do, take a deep breath and start again. We have no set length at all. I mean, nothing set in stone. And it can be anything 20 minutes, most probably would be the shorter ones, and Certainly no more than 40. It's just as long as it needs to be, really. Yes, we don't waste our words, do we? Which brings us back to stats, Claire, because Claire is our statistician. Well, I've already mentioned a few, and I I am really pleased with our numbers of downloads, but if you look at the countries, that's equally fascinating. Um, Somebody listens in Bosnia-Herzegovina, hello to them. And also Florida Country Club, sounds very exciting to be there. Oman, Japan, Singapore. I mean, globally, we've had Australia. over 4,000 yes. downloads. And the variety of countries on every continent, is it, it does give us a, a buzz. 
Yeah, globally, the stats are amazing. Sweden, Brazil and Ireland have the highest downloads per capita, which I'm amazed about, actually. And obviously, it's huge in the States. The Japanese do not listen to podcasts. Yes, we do have one listener in Japan that's popped up to listen to our fish episode. And I just wondered whether that was due to a hashtag or something that we were found. Obviously, COVID's had a huge impact too, hasn't it? Yes, I think that's one of the reasons for it. I think we started it in a good time of change for people, you know, learning what podcasts are, especially in our countryside areas. And, yeah, 65% of podcast listeners have been listening for less than three years. Mm -hmm. So it's a hugely growing business. And comedy is the most popular. Well, I don't think... (laughs) (laughs) we do that very well followed by education and the news now what about your favorite episode kate i know they're all favorites but is the one piece that stands out in your mind from any of the episodes i think it's got to be singing sam hasn't it for me Mm, i think that that's a, a definite highlight i i just can't Forget Richard Corbett describing how he was on his knees in his his lorry as a rescuing firefighter um, taking all those pigs out of that lorry by himself. I think that was one of my amazing memories. Another question I'm asked regularly is, do we make any money? And the answer is, sadly, not. We do get a lot of pressure on the podcasting circuit how do you monetize this and advertise this and it just sends me cold to be honest i don't think i'd want to listen to adverts on my podcast i don't want to listen to adverts on anyone else's podcast so we avoid it it's well it's bad enough on the telly isn't it really that's when you go and make a cup of tea so i think it's another way that our podcast is special for us it's challenging and fun and gives us the job satisfaction Without the adverts. The only advertising we do have is the old merchandise, which is... This is very exciting, looking at the possibilities. I must say there were some extraordinary uh, possibilities. But we went for stickers. Sticker, <laughs> yes. You can't forget those lovely cheap T-shirts I got um, early on in our... I only wore mine once and then it shrank to a postage stamp. <laughs> do you remember we had a photo shoot with Tim sitting very... on the old tea trunk? It was absolutely freezing, and I've never known anyone take so many bad photographs. Well, I think if I look them up, they're probably quite glamorous. I might have to get them out and use them as soon as possible on our new TikTok account, maybe. Yes, I quite like the shrunken T-shirts, though. (laughs) They they weren't so baggy anymore. We also try now and photograph our interviewees and keep up to date with that so that there's not that sort of panic of suddenly somebody asking for photographs and we all have to... Yes, we do try to have a bit of fun out of the photograph on the Instagram page um, just before the podcast comes out on the first of the month. and We try to put something entertaining on the Instagram. Reaching out to new listeners via our email address and our stickers and merchandise and our new social media accounts is going to become very important to us. Um, The email account, we'd love to hear from people. If you had um, a moment to tell us anything at all about any any of your thoughts on the episodes or suggestions. It's just a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, we don't want to pester people. Yes, we don't want to badger them too much, but... It is Please there. get in touch because it, it helps us. I'm often asked what podcasts I listen to. 
The list of podcasts are endless. Which is your favourite then? Which is your favourite one to listen to? Obviously your favourite is From the Horse Box, but which would you go to? (laughs) I don't listen to From the Horse Box very much. (laughs) A lot of mine are eventing related, but travel and food, I think. My chums do one called Action Packed Travel, which is great fun, and they journey around the world. Um, There's a very interesting one on going to Europe by train the other day. And the travel diaries with Holly Rubenstein. She's you feel like you've been on holiday just listening to it. it it's quite rare to find something I really like, but I have um, just found fortunately, uh, which is on the BBC Sounds, which I do like. They're very professional and they're followed around by a posse of editors and directors and sound recorders, which is something that we we don't do. But it is they are good listening. Um, I really loved Will Evans's Rock and Roll Farmer, but he, um, all his episodes are still there, even though he doesn't do it anymore. And I've just found um, a Grazia magazine, which covers um, a podcast covering advice from women worth listening to. And I really enjoyed that just recently. I like to learn things from, interesting things from people. So where do we go from here, Claire? Well, I want to aim to become more conversational. We keep our script as a basis, so we do all our research and plan our interview, which would then allow us to become much more free uh, on the actual recording uh, day. Yes, and I feel that when we are having our pre-chat with our guests, we shouldn't go too deeply into their stories. The French have a very good saying you only have one first impression. And sometimes I feel that our reactions aren't as as fresh when we hear the story for the second time. I thought we'd still keep to our quickfire questions section, so I've thought of these little gems for Kate. Were you in trouble at all at school or were you the perfect prefect? Definitely the latter. (laughs) Absolutely. Polishing my halo (laughs) for five years. So you weren't in trouble at all then? No, I'm not going to share that with the listeners, no. (laughs) Okay, well, believe you. The most fun creative project you've ever done? Lord, um, lots of videos of holidays, but as my children say, our house is a bit like Kirsty's homemade Christmas all the year round. The furthest you've ever travelled? Most probably New Zealand, because I haven't been to... Antarctica, really. Much further travelled than I. What about the poshest food you've ever eaten? That could be anything, couldn't Ooh, it? Oh, I love a bit of posh food. Yes, anything, foie gras, bring it, bring it on. I do remember my friend Yol covering quail's eggs with leaf gold one Christmas. That I knew was... you'd come up with something <laughs> for that. <laughs> right, I'm going to get my own back oh, on my co-host right. because she's always telling me we've got to be more off the cuff. So right. she's I'm not tell seen my questions. And these are quickfire podcast questions for you, Claire. And we are talking UK podcasting. So here goes. Who listens to podcasts more, men or women? Oh, women. I know that one. You're wrong. 56% male in the UK. Really? What age group listen to most podcasts? Is it 25 to 34 or 35 to 54? That one, 35 to 54. Dun, dun, wrong again. 
29%. I might have to edit this, but we'll keep recording. Um, approximately what percentage of subscribers listen to the entire episode? Is it 80% or 52%? Uh, well, 52%. Brilliant. Perfect answer. 52% listen to an entire episode. Where do most people listen to a podcast? So is it at work, in the gym? In the car. No, 39% at home. Now, this I found absolutely amazing. What time of day do podcasts have the largest audience? Four to five o'clock. Eight to 8.15 a.m. Oh. I mean, what are these people doing? I would not say that. Which sporting fans listen to most podcasts? Is it tennis, football, cricket, or rugby? And that's rugby union. Football. Dun, dun. Tennis. God, I'm not a natural at this, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I would have got them too, which is most probably why I wrote the questions. But I do think that mm. is all quite interesting. Now, today is the day for From the Horse Box's MOT. So we've invited Kieran, who's much more experienced than us. He started off with a podcast called The Football Bit, which has developed into so many interesting things for him. Uh, a spot on carousel radio, talking about sport, um, charity matches, and um, working with Oswestry Football Club, which is you know progressing hugely and getting lots and lots of interest. So... Kieran did help us out in a sticky spot when we were first starting off. So thank you, Kieran, for coming along. And having had a look at our stats for the podcast, what what do you think? How would how are we progressing? Well, as I said earlier, I think to get the amount of downloads you're getting so early on with, as you said, limited promotion, it's quite impressive. To be fair, like as I said, when we first started doing the football bit, we weren't getting anything like that, and we probably are now. To be fair. <laughs> We're probably nowhere near them sort well, of downloads. That's good to hear, isn't it, Katie? I think we've got lots of loyal supporters to thank for that. Yeah, I think we've got loyal and hopefully we're progressing worldwide. Yes. Yeah, Although there, the are some, marketing... there are some weird countries in there, to be yeah. fair, so we never got anything like that. Um, in MOT speak, we have advisories. Have you got any advisories for us? As I said, just just push it out to people. Just try and make people aware. You've got to really sell it. You've got to, you've got to be proud of it, and you've got to, you've got to shout it at people. And, and the more people hear of it, you know, all it takes isn't to listen to thirty seconds and enjoy it. So, if we encourage all our followers to um, take out a TikTok account, do you think that would? Well, TikTok for us was one of the biggest tools. Like we with the football bit, definitely, um, and the charity match as well. But we started we started a TikTok page, and we saw our views nearly double. So, yeah, social media is your best friend. Right, TikTok who, come clear. <laughs> Haven't we moved on, Kate, since those early days of being <laughs> frightened to press the button? Now, we don't have any ads on our... We're very proud of this fact, aren't we, Kate, that we don't well, uh, interrupt say people. Well, I up. <laughs> <laughs> we don't club up, clog up our airways with um, jingles and things. So I think that's a big plus for us. Isn't it? No, but it's, it's nice to, to just click on something and actually listen to what you clicked on, isn't it? And not, yes, not I think like some of our audience wouldn't want to. 20 minutes of toothpaste ads and... Yeah. No, Absolutely. no. And to top it all, 
Claire is going to make me to go to a podcast convention. What mileage is there in a podcast workshop or forum or convention? Or... I've never been to one, but Have I'd imagine you? they'd be quite a good place to sort of push your stuff out. You know, everyone there is sort of interested in the same thing, aren't they? They've all got a vested interest in, in listening to people talk. Yeah. Would they be impressed with our no microphone equipment? It, it's very it's very mess-free, isn't it? I quite like it. It's quite yeah. quite easy to just get out and start cracking. Like. You're not exactly tripping over the wires here. <laughs> I know, they yeah. might be rather younger than us too. Well, that's yes. <laughs> Again, they might not be. Anyway, Kieran, thank you ever so much. No, pleasure. Thank you very much. Chapters very much more knowledgeable than we are, and you've helped us out on many occasions, so thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I hope we've given you a bit of an insight into how From the Horsebox got going. We certainly aren't the first podcasters to make a podcast about their podcast, but we are certainly far less equipment-orientated than most. With thanks to Kieran Davis, all our listeners near and far, and supportive family members, we've got through the MOT. Yes, and I hope we've encouraged future podcasters. It's not, not all about rushing out and spending a fortune on expensive equipment. Just take it step by step and enjoy it. A supportive family really helps, as they inevitably get sucked in. So thank you to ours and our listeners worldwide. With its new MOT, the Horsebox is ready to record some exciting podcasts in 2022, when it could be you in the driving seat. (laughs) 